Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 72. We are now here in the middle of October, and uh, we're getting ready for an election. How are you doing, Dave? We, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm, I think I speak for virtually everyone, maybe not, who can't wait for this election to be over. Yeah. How many days do we have? I don't know. It's less than three weeks today. I want, I want to say 19 days, but don't quote me on that. Um, I, I maybe think I already have election burnout. <laughs> um, not that it's not interesting, but elect, kind of election burnout. And more than anything, I think it'd be nice to have that day come and go so we can actually move forward, whichever way we're going to move forward. Yes. But we thought it would be good to tackle a question that we've been getting more and more recently. Um, and this question is around, you know, who is the best? to be elected for my portfolio, right? I mean, I'm kind of boiling it down there. Every presidential election year, first of all, right? not just yep. this one. I think that the question is more like, should I be paralyzed and frozen in my decision-making about yeah. anything because of what's going to happen with the election? Yeah. Should I, mean, I we... move all my money into cash because of right. what's going to happen with the election? Should I go the other way? Should I be more aggressive? You know, and then because what happens with the election, I'll get a bump. So it's like this incredible, and this is every four years that yep. I've been in this business, that you've been in this business. This is the key thing that people start talking about usually in September going through the election day. I recall, and I've probably told this story to clients or, or the podcast before, but I recall this client that I had back in 2008, and when Obama got elected, I, he was, needless to say, he was upset. You know, he wasn't, wasn't too thrilled with this idea. And he sold everything right before election, or, um, inauguration day. And he just said, no, this is, this is going to be horrible. I'm selling everything I'm getting out. Right? Now, President Obama presided over one of the greatest stock markets in history. Once again, uh, you know, throughout this discussion here, we're going to be careful to say, even though the data might say he presided over it, I'm not always going to say, well, that was to his credit, like he deserves all the credit for that. I'm just saying it is what it is. Right. On the, on, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say our basic premises that we'll talk about today is that Regardless of who the president is, regardless of what happens on Election Day, this November 3rd or whenever we find out who the, the president is going to stay or be, right. this 
this statistically does not affect your investments. Right. This um, and just just to keep going with my anecdotal evidence or examples here, um, I remember the morning after Donald Trump got elected, you know, and this was obviously a big surprise back in 2016. I had a couple of phone calls from clients who were not big fans of Trump who said, sell everything. And now these people, I managed to talk out of it. I said, you know, listen, I don't think that's the right move. We're, we're not basing things based on just who's president. It's much bigger than that. And, you know, even when you factor in what's gone on with the coronavirus decline, um, there have been some pretty decent gains under Trump. So oh, these well, there's no doubt, of, no doubt about that. Not to mention, which made the, tra- as I recall, made the trap was pretty dangerous during the Trump one. I think in the overnight, even before the market opened, yep. I believe it dropped a lot and yeah. then started to come back. It was almost like this weird roller coaster within 24 hours. Oh, uh, yeah. As I recall, like this quick dip, which would make people who were thinking if Trump's elected, I'm pulling out, would make them even, you know, more wary. Yeah. And I mean, that was exactly what happened to the Dow futures. I think were down eight or nine hundred points because you know, Wall Street doesn't like these unexpected type of events where they say, whoa, we were thinking Clinton all the way. Now it's going to be Trump. But it was a strange thing because almost as the night progressed or the middle of the night progressed, they started to think it through and say, well, well, hold on a second. We've got a businessman president. Maybe it's not going to be the worst thing in the world to have, uh, you know, Trump as president and the futures rebounded there. So, so we've been getting these questions again. And like Dave said, these are not unusual. This comes up every election cycle. Um, and I know there are a lot of, of different research papers that are put out and I've seen these before and they basically go through the history of the stock market and they say, here are the returns under Republican presidents. Here are the returns under Democratic presidents. And I, I know, I knew I had seen these numbers before, so I had to go back and pull them up again. Um, so I want to go through, first of all, some of the raw numbers and then we'll dive into it a little bit more. So if you just purely look at stock market returns, and remember, when we're looking at the stock market, usually the modern era of the stock market is considered from 1929 to now. If you look at those returns, Democrats, I I know this is going to be sacrilegious to some people, Democratic returns have trounced Republican returns. Um, You're talking, you know, average returns uh, under Democratic administrations, of something like 10.8% versus 5.5% under Republican administration. Okay? Yeah. So that's just the raw data. Now, what you will hear people say is, well, the, the Republicans, we set it all up for the Democrats. You know, we put a great system in place, and then they took power, and they get to take credit for these returns. I, I'm not going to try to weigh in on any of that. You know, I don't know if if that's true or not true, and I'm sure more people have done analysis of that. Um, but my point is for investors is that I don't want you out there making decisions saying, and this is the line of thinking, people say, well, Joe Biden's going to raise taxes on the wealthy and corporations and capital gains taxes. 
which, you know, he's expressed interest in doing all of these things. Um, and mind you, if you're listening to this, what he has said is when he talks about the wealthy, he's talking about people making over $400,000. And since a lot of you listening are our clients, you know, yes, there are some of you out there, but that's not the vast majority of people. So making over $400,000 obviously express some interest in a wealth tax, whatever that might look like. Um, and then corporate tax rates going up, but right. The, or really being corporate. I, I think what he's proposing is corporate tax rates coming into a middle area from where they were yeah. to where Trump put them. And then sort of, I, I think almost he's proposing right in the middle, right at around 28% or something like that. Yep. So, you know, if we really break down and, and as I was looking at this, you know, I, I see the raw numbers, and I knew I'd seen that before where they say that the Democratic returns have actually been better in the stock market than Republican returns. Um, I knew I'd seen that before, but as I was Googling this and kind of diving deeper into it, um, I came across things that had more detailed analysis of, you know, why does this happen or, or what do the, the details really look like? Um so very broadly speaking, Republicans try to stimulate growth through tax cuts and deregulation. And we can look at the Trump administration and say they have definitely done that, right? We've seen Absolutely. a tax cut in 2017. You had the corporate tax rate uh, go from 35% down to 21%. Um, and then you've certainly had deregulation, you know, kind of across the board there. Now, Democratic candidates tend to, Democratic presidents, tend to try to stimulate growth more through consumption, through expansion of unemployment, of child tax credits, uh, food stamps, things like that. And what one of these studies looked at is what kind of effect, you know, every 1% increase in spending, you know, what kind of boost do you get in economic growth? And what they found is that a lot of those Democratic benefits actually provide more of an effect on GDP. And the study that, that I was looking at here, this is looking at GDP since 1947. Um, you know, I'm not familiar with exactly uh, when they started keeping GDP statistics, but this article says this is when they started keeping modern GDP statistics. And they show that the growth under Democratic presidents about 3.6% versus 26 under Republicans. Um, so, you know, the bottom line point is there's a fair amount of evidence here that we shouldn't get overly excited or overly concerned about who the president is. Right. And I'll also um, throw in, and I maybe some of you have read this already by the time you hear it, but I wrote a uh thing for a piece little piece for our newsletter about this and I did more of a comparison of modern mm -hmm. and this was not this is not so scientific. This was just basically looking going back to Bill Clinton and then going forward and looking at the returns. Right. Uh, how the market's done for presidents. And basically you'll find Bill Clinton, Obama and Trump have all done did great if you were in stocks during all three of those presidents of the four. You did great. And the one president you didn't do well with where you lost money for the term was uh, George W. Bush. But 
my point in the article was, look what happened during George. Forget about Republican, Democrat. George W. Bush had the tech bubble, 9-11, and the Great Recession all mm-hmm. packed into his eight years. Yeah. And it was events. So my hypothesis is it's events that could drive things more than black swan events, as we say in the business, more than who the president is. All three of those things were out of the control of George yeah. W. Bush. Well, and just to pull up, I pulled up the numbers that from that article that you wrote. So Bill Clinton up 211% in his eight years. George W. Bush down 39.5% in his term. Obama up 175%, once again, eight years. Uh, and Donald Trump up 47%, um, you know, in his term so far. So, And my you know, point, though, was, I said, okay, well, because you're still nervous. What if this is going to be a bad eight years with Biden or whatever? Um I did make a point that if you invested $100,000 at the beginning uh, in the S&P 500 at the beginning of George W. Bush's term, and then you lost, but you just held it in, you just left it there because you're going for the long haul anyway, you'd Mm -hmm. still have today about $180,000 of the hundred. So even with that horrible timing and just leaving it there, you're still, you know, the long haul is still okay. But I I guess the, the... the bottom line point is, you know, we could do all the statistical work we want. The bot, you don't want to make an emotional move. It actually boils down to, it's almost like a trap. A presidential election is an emotional trap. You've, you listen to us. You're our client. You've listened to these podcasts. We always talk about, you know, don't make emotional short-term moves. Usually yep. a bad idea. This is just another example of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, um, you know, some of these studies, they, they really pointed this out is, you know, I've been showing you or reading off these numbers of saying, well, the Democratic presidents have done better. But a lot of these studies point out that because it's such a small sample size. So, you know, you might think of, you know, 60 years. Well, that's a long time. But in terms of data points, it's a relatively small sample size. And because of events like Dave just mentioned, you know, the fact that George W. Bush had to be, was in charge when 9-11 hit, you know, not going to put that one on him. <laughs> I mean, that was not a, uh, you know, something you can blame on him. No. So, you know, and, and I'll, I'll even say, you know, with, with Donald Trump, I mean, you, I'm not going to blame him for COVID happening. You know, you can have a whole other discussion about the response to it. But just COVID happening, that's, you know, you can't put that on him. Of course. So, so you're going to have, you know, these types of events, the black swan type of events that will really impact the market returns. And if all of a sudden you lop off 30% of returns because of one of these black swan events, you know, that's going to skew the numbers quite a bit there. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll also throw in, and this may end up sounding stupid. If you listen to this after Election Day, okay. but I, I will throw in from everything I've read and that you've read, Wall Street, as of today, October 16th, Wall Street is basically sort of factoring in that Biden is going to win, based on yeah. the poll, into what's going on right now. In other yeah. words, it's not going to be stunning versus, which was interesting, versus four years ago when Wall Street had factored in that Hillary was going to win. Right. 
And it was stunning. That's what did sort of upset markets there for a little, that little turmoil that we discussed earlier. Yep. Okay. Um, I think that's all we want to touch on today. Uh, Probably by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be getting very close to election time. And like Dave said, I think we could all do without some of the stress of this. And uh, hopefully we can all move past it and uh, does not affect the stock market majorly either way, right? Uh, That's what I'm hoping for. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Take care. 